Welcome, friend. Follow me. We're going somewhere dark, somewhere dangerous. Most people would never dare enter the place we are going. There's no telling what horrors we'll find, what terrors we'll uncover. Don't say I didn't warn you. We might discover terrible monsters lurking there. Be careful, they could follow you out. Or maybe they're already inside you. Are you afraid? Good. Now you are ready to enter the Warning Woods. A couple of years ago, I had an accident. It was late, and a cold front had created a fresh sheet of ice. I had been studying at the university library until it closed and had to ride my bike about a mile through town to my apartment. I remember seeing headlights ahead of me, noticing them swerving. I tried to bunny hop over the curb onto the sidewalk, but my tires slipped on the ice. I went down hard, probably breaking my leg, but I'll never be sure. I'll never know if my bike broke my leg or the SUV that barreled over my lower half a second later. I learned the driver had a blood alcohol of 0.1, just over the legal limit. She might have lost control even if she were sober, though. I'm told she hit a patch of black ice and lost control. I lost both of my legs in the accident. I had to leave college and move in with my parents while I rehabbed. At least, that's what the doctors called it. You can't really rehabilitate limbs that aren't there anymore. I called it relearning how to live. I spent a couple of years being angry and bitter, but slowly learned to cope with my new reality. Eventually, I became self-sufficient enough to live on my own. I had a nice down payment saved from the injury settlement, and my parents insisted I stay close by, so I purchased a home on the street adjacent to theirs. Living alone helped me stop feeling sorry for myself and accept my circumstances. I could do whatever I needed to, but it did take extra time. For example, I constantly missed people who came to the door. They'd ring the bell or knock, but by the time I got there, they would decide no one was home and leave. Once, I was supposed to sign for a package. When I didn't come to the door in time, the delivery man took it back to the hub and left a note saying I could pick it up. My mom had to take me, and I complained about not being able to answer the door quick enough. The next day, my dad installed a digital doorbell in my house. It had a camera and speaker built in. With my phone, I could see who was at the door and speak to them before I got to the door. Two weeks ago, I had just fallen asleep when my doorbell rang. I'm not sure if you've ever heard a doorbell ring late at night, but it's a chilling sound. I picked up my phone and saw a notification from the doorbell app. It said, Someone is at the door. This message usually gave me a warm feeling, but that night it sent a chill up my spine. My hand shook as I tapped the notification and the camera loaded. I expected to see a police officer bearing bad news or, well, I'm not sure what else, but I never would have guessed what I did see when the camera finally loaded. Two little boys, both somewhere between five and ten years old, were standing on my porch looking down at their feet. Their clothes were ragged. Even in the black and white picture, I could tell they were smudged with dirt and grime. The kids looked like they had just crawled out of a barn, but we were in the middle of a suburban neighborhood. I didn't know where they could have come from that would have gotten them so dirty. And out of all the houses, 
Why did they come to mine? Can I help you? I asked through the doorbell. The older boy shuffled forward, not looking up. He said, please open the door. I explained that I'm disabled and already in bed for the night. I told them it would take me a while to get to the door, and that even if I did, I probably wouldn't be much help to them. If you need help, go to one of the other houses, I said. There are lots of nice people around here. But we want you to help us, the other boy said. His voice sounded sweet and innocent, but my gut told me a silent or else hit at the end of that sentence. I'm sorry, I just can't help you, I replied. All you have to do is let us in, the older boy said. I asked him why, still trying to understand what had brought the kids to my door in the first place. He answered all my questions by repeating, you just have to let us in. Okay boys, if this is some kind of prank, it's not funny, I said. If you don't get off my porch in 10 seconds, I'm calling the cops. The boys froze then slowly backed away from my door. I turned off the camera, set my phone down, and closed my eyes to try and calm down. I didn't realize until then how much adrenaline coursed through my veins. Knowing it would take some time to fall asleep, I rolled over and grabbed a book off my nightstand. As I read, I kept hearing faint noises outside. One second I heard snow crunching under footsteps, the next, hushed voices whispering. I found myself staring at the window, even though the curtain was drawn across it. I heard the whispers again, and when the voices fell silent, someone tapped three times, slowly, on my window. I shouted at them to go away. They tapped again, three times at the same lazy tempo. I opened my mouth to yell at them, but realized my frustration would likely encourage them. I slipped off the bed into my wheelchair and rolled to the window. Another round of tapping greeted me. Preparing my most hostile, commanding voice, I ripped the curtain aside. Had I been standing, I would have stumbled back. The older boy's face was directly on the other side of the glass at the same level as mine. He smirked at me. When our eyes met, I saw his were totally black. No whites, irises, or pupils. Leave me alone, I shouted. He slammed his forehead into the glass. A scowl replaced his smirk, and he demanded, let us in. The boy completely dropped the guise of a sweet child and let his true nature show. As I rolled away from the window, the other child pounded on my front door. The force with which his fist slammed into the door didn't match the size of the child I had seen on camera. He sounded like a grown man and a large one at that. Please, just go away. Find someone else, I begged. I couldn't mask my fear. I didn't have anything with which I could defend myself against intruders. I could have gotten my phone. It was on the nightstand. But that would have meant turning my back on the boy at the window. I couldn't bear the thought of his cold, black eyes watching me from behind. What do you want? I asked. I'll give you whatever it is. Money? Food? What? The boy pressed both hands against the glass, getting as close as he could to me. He said, We just want in. The other boy pounded the front door again. When he stopped, I heard him say something, but couldn't make out the words. Whatever he said, it caused the older boy to leave my window. 
I yanked the curtain back in place and rolled as fast as I could to my nightstand where I'd left my phone. Instead of 911, I called my parents. They were closer. I told them what was happening and asked them to call the police on their way over. Thankfully, they didn't ask any questions. My dad told me to sit tight, stay safe, and wait for them, then hung up. Out of curiosity, I opened the doorbell camera again. The boys were huddled near a potted plant on my porch. I prayed they didn't pick it up. I watched, horrified, as they did. The younger boy reached underneath and found my spare key. He held it out in front of him like a holy object as he approached the camera. The older boy followed close behind. Are you sure you don't want to invite us in? The younger boy asked. I froze. His words were clearly meant as a threat. Even if I didn't invite them, they would come in anyway. I imagined they would not treat me kindly regardless, but didn't want to risk angering them further. I locked my bedroom door, then said, All right, come in. The boy's hand disappeared as he slipped the key into the deadbolt out of the camera's view. I heard the lock click and the hinges creak as the front door swung open. I'm not sure what I expected next, but what I heard caught me off guard. They were whistling. The boys entered my home whistling a cheery tune that echoed down the hall and reached my door. I heard their faint footsteps falling in perfect rhythm with the melody. Where are you? We want to meet you. One of them said from the dining room, I guessed. I leaned forward to put my ear closer to the door, and my chair squeaked. Oh, there you are, the other boy said. The malice I'd heard in their voices before was gone, but I wish it hadn't been. In a bizarre way, their new sing-song mannerisms came across as far more threatening. I've called for help, I warned them. You'd better take whatever you came for and get out of here. Take what we came for? One boy asked. A board creaked down the hall, telling me they were approaching my bedroom. Their footsteps stopped right outside my door. I held my breath as the doorknob rattled. When he found the door locked, the boy let go of the knob. How can we take what we came for if the door is locked? One of them asked. What do you want? I'll slide it under the door or drop it through the window. Just tell me what it is, I begged. Don't you know? We'll go as soon as we have you. I rolled my chair away from the door until it thudded into the wall behind me. My parents had to have called the cops by now, I thought, but I didn't hear any sirens. The boys started pounding on my door. At first, the blows sounded like they were delivered by young children, but in a short time, the pounding grew much louder and more powerful. The blows matched the pounding I'd heard on the front door earlier. You let us in. You can't take it back, the boys said in unison. I spun my chair around and opened the window, ready to scream for help. I was ready to climb out if I had to. When I got the window open, I heard a car door slam and my parents' urgent voices. I questioned whether I should call out to them, warn them, but they made it to the door before I could. I heard my parents shouting my name. I finally heard sirens in the distance, too. Careful, they're right outside my door, I shouted. Who is? My dad asked. His voice sounded close. He had already reached the hallway. Are you all right? Asked my mom. 
Now they were right outside my bedroom. Didn't you see the kids? Did you see where they went? I asked, probably sounding hysterical. There wasn't anyone here when we got here, Dad said. Someone scraped their fingernails across the window screen while I wasn't looking, and I twisted around to see who. I didn't see them at first. Then, I noticed their faint outlines under the moonlight. The boys were standing underneath a tree near the street, and they were waving at me. I told my parents about the whole thing, but said I was pretty sure it was just some delinquent kids playing a terrible prank on me. When the cops came, my parents wanted me to tell them everything too, so maybe they could catch the kids. I lied, though, and said it had all been a misunderstanding. I knew they would ask for the video from the doorbell if I told them the truth. I was afraid to pull that video back up. I didn't know how the police or my parents would react to seeing those cold, black eyes. They might have thought I doctored the video and made the whole thing up. Every few nights... I get woken up by the doorbell. I always see the notification, someone is at the door, and I always ignore it. Then they tap on my bedroom window. I keep the curtain shut. I'm afraid now that I've let them in, they'll never leave me alone. I can keep them out for now, but for how long? How long before they manage to get what they came for? How long do I have before they take me away. You made it out. Congratulations. If you enjoyed the story, please rate and review this podcast wherever you like to listen. Reviews are the best way to support the podcast and help it grow. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash thewarningwoods. If you want more creepy content, including the images that accompany each story, follow me on Instagram at The Warning Woods. If you feel ready, meet me here next week for another journey into The Warning Woods. Thank you for listening.